Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 155. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode. I pray that it's a blessing to you. So um, today I am going to be uh, discussing something that has just recently hit my radar. I'm thankful that the Lord enabled me to, to see it, to hear it. Um, and it's regarding a parable that many of you may be familiar with, the wheat and the chaff. And uh, just before, though, I get started, just um, a quick announcement. Um, for those who have given time to the Holy Imagination episode, uh, there's a part one and part two, where part two is the practical component of that um, if you have given that opportunity and maybe you have had some fruit from it or um, even if you haven't and you're still attempting to navigate through that, I would love to hear your uh, feedback, your your comments on uh, what you found or discovered inside of those moments uh, of intimacy and holy imagination. So if you could um, just send me a message the Bible study podcasts at gmail.com. I would love to hear of those um, occurrences. So please do so. Let me know. So, as I said, today is the wheat and the chaff. And I'm going to read the two parts of scripture where this, where we find this, these parables. And so then um, my hope is that I can shed light, new light on on how to maybe view this more accurately through the lens of the symbolism or the parallelism that Jesus was drawing, um, or even rather, uh, because the speaker is uh, John the Baptist. So anyways, let's just jump into it. So in Matthew chapter 3, verses 11 through 12, we read the account of the wheat and the chaff And John the Baptist says in these scriptures, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me, speaking of Jesus here, is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now we read this account also written in Luke 3, verses 15 through 17, where it says, As the people were in expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water. But he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So in your in your thinking, we have 
something that many of us may be familiar with. It's wheat. Now, the wheat is made up of, you know, the stalk, the head, the kernel, which is what we're after ultimately. But also notice that the wheat is gathered into the barn. Now, the imagery that's used here should fit the physical parallel. Now, we don't cut down wheat and then take the full stalk into the barn. You thresh it, and then you winnow it and keep the grain kernel. But you throw out the shell that's covering that kernel, and you throw out the stalk. Now, the chaff, and this is important, the chaff is the protective covering around the kernel, which is necessary in a season. Now, just just think about this. The kernel is planted. It's pushed into the ground in a dark and confined place. It is nourished, and then there is a time of waiting. Germination here is taking place. There is a moment of rooting that occurs. This kernel germinates, and from that seed, a root is pressing into the soil. Now then, as the kernel breaks open, the stalk begins to climb upward and upward towards the sun, climbing and climbing until it reaches its full potential. Now, some of these do not reach their potential because of limiters that are allowed to interfere with the harvest. Remember the uh, parable where the weeds choked out the the harvest and, and kept it from fruiting. So it's think of that similarly. Some do not reach their potential because of limiters that are allowed to interfere with the harvest. This shows us that we need to remove interference. This morning I was listening to um, a radio station, and as I was pulling in, I noticed a lot of electrical wires running through the area, and the station I listened to became very staticky, and I began to lose reception. And as I was noticing these wires, I was noticing you know, there's power running in the air across the way, and perhaps there is interference that's occurring. There's There's interference with the station that I'm tuned into. So the same is true in our spiritual life. There are are powers and influences that are running across our lives, trying to catch our attention, trying to vie for our time. But we must remove the interference so that we can get a clear reception, so that we can hear the word of the Lord clearly. God is always speaking to us. It's just about whether or not we can have ears to hear him. We must be tuned in appropriately and limit the interference that is going on. So as this, as this wheat begins to grow, the stalk, as it climbs and climbs, the stalk produces a head which produces grains. And in the grains, they are inside of a covering, an outer shell. Then, once these are ripe, there's a harvest. Now, you see, this 
It's a cycle. A cyclical process is consistent. Now, we typically, especially in many religious circles, we call this seed, time, and harvest. But notice what's missing in that three-part definition. Process. Now, we don't like that word. That is a difficult part. We, we don't get to snap our fingers and go straight to harvest. We don't get to enjoy instantly the fruit of the harvest. There is a process, like in our spiritual lives. There is a process for the plant, and there is a process for the harvest. We must be led by the Spirit of God in the process because it is God that brings the harvest. Paul tells us some plant and some water, but God brings the harvest. It's not our responsibility to produce the harvest. We must be faithful in planting, in watering, and the like. We are to learn God's ways and God's voice so we can appropriately steward the process. One thing I can guarantee is that each person listening is in process of some sort. One there's, there's process of refining, there's processes of growing, a process of the journey. We must allow the Holy Spirit to lead us so that the best harvest is experienced. Now remember, we also read that some harvests can be 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold. But you see, that's God's business. Remember, he brings the harvest. You steward what you are given and let God bring the harvest. Now, this is the part that I have never known or noticed or heard. But something I've never seen before until I had the privilege of hearing was that the chaff in this parallel, in this symbol, isn't unbelievers. See, I've always had the thought that the grain was the children of God and the chaff was children of the devil or the world or unbelievers. But in the analogy of the harvesting wheat, that doesn't make any sense because the chaff is a part of the wheat. See, we have, I believe, misunderstood and applied the wrong principles here. The chaff covers the wheat kernel. When the wheat is matured for harvest, it sheds the covering, the chaff. Now, this ought to help us see more clearly what it represents. It's the form of your life that in one season was okay for you because of growth and spiritual maturity, it is no longer appropriate. Now that doesn't I'm not saying here there's this this component to we've grown too old for such things. Don't hear that in this spiritual maturity and growth. You know, remember David danced wildly still before the Lord. But that empty hole gets burned up because it has nothing else for you. The chaff is the old you. It's the snake that shed its skin, a hollow of who it used to be. 
notice that it's not a judgment fire. It's a love fire. God is a consuming fire. Now, does God pronounce judgment? You better believe He does. But it is rooted from love. If He didn't judge, He wouldn't be love. He consumes that hollow of you that covered you in a season, that insulated you in a season. But He is growing, germinating you to produce in you a harvest beyond what you can imagine. Now, whatever place you find yourself, whether you, you're the buried seed or you're the climbing stalk or the ripened kernel, God is, God is using you to produce a harvest through your life beyond what you can even ask or imagine. You know, think about all the different fruiting plants and trees. One individual seed planted, germinated, watered, cared for with the appropriate sun, that one seed becomes something that bears many seeds. Think about in an apple tree, one seed grows a tree, a mighty tree that produces many, many apples that have even infinitely more seeds. The same is true of God's kingdom. He does something with one person, and with that one person, has there, there are countless and limitless implications of that one yielded life to Christ. So wherever you find yourself, as, as every single one of us will find ourselves in, a process. Embrace the process. Embrace God's leadership, whether you are in a dark place and unsure of what comes next, whether you are climbing and climbing and rising higher and higher, whether you are in a place of harvest and being pruned or trimmed so that you can bear more fruit, whatever the place, embrace the process, trust God, and and dig into a more deep, connected intimacy with Him, to hear His voice, to follow after His leading, and yield to His perfect and right leadership. Here with you.